Hi, everybody. It's Tay. I'm here today with my friend and coworker, Kira. She worked side by side with me during the pandemic in various long-term care homes um, and in the hospital that we both worked in. And we're basically here today to kind of air a bit of that out. I know a lot of you watching, a lot of the stuff will probably say resonates deeply with you. So it's really important for us to kind of get that stuff out there. And it's nice to hear it from someone else that isn't me. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you, Kira, for coming on. I really appreciate it. And thanks for being here. Happy to always have a little gab session with you, Tay. Yeah, I love you so much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I guess we'll get started just into like the first wave where it all began. Um, sure. Kira and I got hired on um, to help out in a long-term care home that was, at the time, I think it was like the hardest hit one in Ontario, right? Yeah. That was we got there about a week before the military came in. That's how. Yeah, it was that was one of the, like the nine or something in the whole country that got the military that came in. So it was it was gnarly. It was really we went, gnarly. We went through the trenches together. <laughs> yeah, like it felt like a war zone. But honestly, I feel like at the start of the first wave, I kind of like excused some of the stuff that happened because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, like we we didn't really understand COVID and things like that. But yeah. really, what went on in some of these homes, even at the beginning, I'm like. That probably shouldn't have happened. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it's hindsight, right? Yeah. Yes. Like for you, you got COVID in the first wave yes. at the long-term care home. Yeah. And they said to you that you could just continue working as long as yeah. you weren't symptomatic, right? Yeah. Like yeah. what? Was, I remember we we got the level one, those like yellow masks, one gown, one sh- like everything, just one for the day. And we're told to like reuse all these things. And so I wasn't a PSW pre-COVID like I jumped right in I finished my NAC exam I think on the 16th or 17th of March and then the world shut down so like I don't have any experience of like anything without COVID so it was very everything was a whole new world for me um and like I didn't know what to expect we were told we'd get orientated onto you know the units that we were going to be deployed to and it was just free for all (laughs) and like I think the unit I was on it had 49 residents and 47 of them were COVID positive. So it was just, I mean, nobody knows what to do in that kind of situation, but I was like a baby PSW jumping in both feet, head, hands, everything just first. I didn't realize that you finished your exam that close to the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> like literally had about five seconds to breathe and then it was yeah. just lost in a fire, but yeah. it's crazy. We didn't have orientation. Like I don't think anybody that I spoke to that we worked with actually got a proper orientation. It was just like they were dropping bodies in these units. Yeah. I think one of the, one of the girls that was on my unit, I'm pretty sure she wasn't even a PSW. She was, I think she told me she worked at Starbucks or something. Like it was just like, like she was a barista. (laughs) She came to help and act as a PSW because they were so short staffed because all of the existing, existing staff was sick. Mm-hmm. So they were taking anybody, literally anybody off the street, which God bless her. Like, thank God for coming in. Cause it would have been just her and I at that point, or it would have been just me. Um, but it just, they were taking anybody and everybody. And even without training, even with training, like, who knows what you're doing at that point. Was it just you and her working a unit at one, at some point? It was her, myself and another PSW that you and I got hired with. Um, who ended up leaving halfway through the day because she had 20 years of experience as a PSW. So she kind of knew things 
that I, I was just kind of accepting of. And she's like, we don't have this, we don't have that, we don't have this, I'm not working here, you need to pro provide these things. And she left. I'm like, good for her, because like, I didn't know how to advocate for myself at that point. Um, but she had all this experience and she is still the toughest cookie, um, still work with her. She's on one of the units um, and killing it. But she, you know, she kind of helped open my eyes to like advocating for yourself. And at the point, at the time, I'm like, don't leave me. <laughs> but on the same token of, you know, hindsight, it's like, good for you. Like we need, we all needed to do that. I don't feel like they, like, I just feel like not all employers, I don't mean all employers, but a lot of people in charge kind of prayed on PSWs yeah. not advocating for themselves. And yes. she was one of the, I think I know exactly who you're talking about. She, yeah. yeah. She's so cool. Um, <laughs> Love um, her. <laughs> no, I'm like oh, such a fan of her. <laughs> she like she was probably one of the very few that knew this was wrong right from the get go. Yeah. Didn't let anybody essentially bully her into thinking otherwise. But that was so popular in that home too. Yeah. And I remember coming in there, and I don't know if you had the same experience, but we came in from being educated that you know you're gonna have proper PPE, like mm. you know. N95s, that's probably not going to happen. But also, like, now we're yeah. like, what? Yeah. But, um, We came in and we basically started telling the current employees of this long-term care home, like, you need to be doing this, you need to be doing that. And then you're finding yeah. out that they weren't even given those supplies or they were rationed yeah. gloves. I, yeah, and I remember one of them telling me they were told to sanitize their gloves between uh, residents because they didn't have a supply of gloves. They're I remember sanitizing their one-use gloves between residents because they they had they didn't have a choice. That's what their DOC was telling them. <laughs> yes, yes, I remember that exact yeah. same thing because I had a partner and she was doing that. Yeah. And honestly, at the time, like I just knew that we were short PPE. I knew things like weren't going right, and I was like, "Oh my god, like we're not going to have gloves." And like yeah. I totally understood why she was sanitizing her gloves. Yeah. But then you had people coming in shaming the PSWs there. Yeah being like you basically caused this outbreak blah 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 blah. then that went to the yeah. news and then that blew up on the news and they're yeah. coming at these poor psws and i've said this in a bit of writing before but it's nice to have someone here who could also say like yes this all happened this happened yeah they threw them all under the bus even yeah. though this is what they were supplied with and educated on yeah. and then we come in from a different employment scenario and yeah. it was mind-boggling to yeah. it but also, so like, anyway. how was that allowed? You know what I mean? Like, how did that? It felt normal at the time, though. Like, we didn't know any different. And this was such yeah. an unprecedented thing that was happening. Um, we didn't know, like, and especially, like, having just finished my course, like, I was still fresh with all these, you know, you know, IPAC guidelines. And I was all gung-ho, like, fresh student. You know, I know all these things and hadn't really had the chance to um, use it in the field but like I knew that it was wrong but like people that have this experience are doing it so like is it wrong like it was just one of those yeah. like catch-22 kind of things I felt the same way yeah. and I wasn't fresh out of school I was working yeah. at that point like for a few years and even I was sitting back being like I don't even know what to do because yeah. one day I saw like food gloves and I was like I, I'm so scared <laughs> I remember that yeah, and like we're laughing, but I think it's because like you're traumatized. Yeah, honestly, and like I remember afterwards, like 
coming up for air after working through all of that. And I was like, that was so messed up. That was so horrible. Yeah. And like, looking back now, like, it's kind of scarring, but it's so calm. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, I just, I don't understand how DOCs were allowed to run the place like they were. And somehow like yeah. just all under the radar in terms of yeah. media too, and how they actually just use the PSW as a scapegoat for all yeah. of the absolute garbage that went on in there. And I don't know if you yeah. heard this too, but there were bugs in there that, you know, the workers yeah. have reported, but no yeah. one was managing. That came to light on the- Like that doesn't happen in the three, four weeks that these new no. uh, people that are redeployed to help you in this situation. That doesn't happen in those three to four weeks. Like if I'm there and if all of these things, that, that existed for a long time. Yes. And then yeah. I went to the military coming in and mm-hmm. dropping that list to the media. Yeah. I was like, oh my <laughs> God. And then yeah. looking back to, I'm like, how fair was that? That one, they got to walk on the units mm-hmm. with full-blown hazmat suits. Oh, right? And I yeah. were told that we don't need that stuff. You don't yeah. even need an N95. You can wear the yeah. same gown that you've put on at the door because that's the yeah. only place you get in a gown. Remember yeah. walking into these doors? I remember it was like this weird, like there's you know gowns and masks and gloves all on one side. And then mm-hmm. like you had to go and check it. It was, it was the craziest thing I think I've ever experienced. And it's still... I still think about it. I'm like, is this, that doesn't really happen. Like you're given something and you have to walk all around the ho- the, the residence with it going to, and then coming back out, you ditch your gown. Like you have to walk through the whole thing anyway in the same gown that you just did patient care with. So it's, it was like, where is There's this iPad control happening? No, what yes. are on it like? <laughs> yeah, like we were cross-contaminating, but that yeah. was... The employer yeah. was like, yep, do this right now. Fine. That's it's good. fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Yes. So like, we're not even given enough PPE. We're not mm-hmm. even given a proper place to put our PPE on. We have <laughs> proper access to PPE on the units. Mm-hmm. We have soldiers coming in. And I don't know if you were there that day. I had a soldier. He's a really nice soldier. He was really nice and friendly. And mm-hmm. I don't mean this in a way to like come at him, but you know, he's doing his job, but he had a full hazmat suit and an N95 to screen me at the door while yeah. I'm in my scrubs walking in, yeah. grabbing this little thin gown that I'm never going to see again if I yeah. lose it and going into my full-blown COVID unit. And I had the same, well, not the same unit as yours, but it was so bad that the other unit was also all COVID positive. Oh yeah. We're just dying in that unit too, which is yeah. like, so sad to think about mm-hmm. that you know not only have you thrown your workers to the wind you've thrown all of the residents to the wind and now we have the military coming here somehow we've thrown a bit of a red carpet for them yep. then <laughs> honestly though they got to sure. come in with yeah the that's the best way to describe it i didn't see a lot of them either working bedside and i know that's probably because they weren't told to you know what yeah. i mean they were there was a couple vulnerable. we had a couple bedside on our unit but the, the, I think those were like the medically, like the medics, the ones that were like trained, you know, in that kind of environment. But the rest of them were in full hazmat suits doing the cleaning and, you know, mopping the floor. Like <laughs> you're not doing patient care. You're like, it blows me away. They're not even patient facing. And then no. like, how can you sit there and be like, you as the worker, you don't need this. Oh, you're a soldier. Yeah. You can suit up. Yeah. Like Let's how much them. of a slap yeah. in the face is that? Yeah. And then we have full protection to release 
a list to the media on everything that is wrong with the home. You know, you yeah. and I were forced to sign N- NDAs. No, non. It was yeah. part of our contract. It was like we couldn't say anything. Essentially, like there wasn't NDAs involved, but I think if we said something, we would have lost our job. Like it was just kind of unspoken. You know, one of those. Sure? Because I thought we had to come in and sign a piece of paper, or else we were not allowed back in. I I. I think I blocked a lot of things out that happened during those weeks. So potentially, I don't remember. I think I remember that though, because someone said something on the news, and because the news yeah. was out outside. And right. Oh, I remember. Something. I was on it. Oh, yeah, me too. But like, yeah. someone said something, but they, she didn't say anything bad. But I think yeah. the next day, yeah, I don't know why I remember this, but yeah. maybe I'm wrong. But you know, it was even without the the formal agreement. It was mm-hmm. like keep your mouth shut yeah and you work away in these phones which is crazy to think that they can do that like I understand you know patient safety and confidentiality but like we're not saying anything about the residents or the people or like but then you know you're a whistleblower and then you're the problem yeah it just seems like bad publicity was like a concern in all Mm -hmm. of that and you just hear that a lot with a lot of people in the association that watch mm-hmm. you know, the content that we put out there. And it's it's disturbing that like all of this has happened behind closed doors. You have the news media outlets camped out on the front lawn wanting to talk to you. Yeah. And then just on the other side of this wall, you have a cross-contaminated facility. You have yeah positive working employees yep. and you have DOCs rationing supplies and encouraging people to misuse their PPE yep. and then you're hushing everybody up and then you have the yep. military that's coming in and you it was know- a really bad storm of things that just could go wrong and I think a lot of it was mismanaged mm-hmm. um, and there's it's I don't think it's any one person's fault but on the same token like if one person of like in a position of power said something and it could have been like a domino effect of like things changing and nobody said anything because nobody wanted to step on toes or you know piss anyone off Mm -hmm. but um it just it was a really bad storm of things that were happening and nobody advocated for us yeah and I just think too that it's kind of continued on I mean I don't think we've really learned our lesson and like as yeah. I said, like, I almost kind of excused some of those things for happening because I was like, we're new at handling this. Yeah. It almost seems like they've kind of, not all of them, but some of them have really taken advantage of this crisis that we're in and really worked people to the ground. And oh, yeah. especially the PSW too, that is in long-term care right now. Like they yeah. still have crazy patient ratios that like oh. nobody could keep yeah. up with. Properly. It's just getting worse. Yeah. And I mean, it's just super scary to think about that and also watching people just die constantly yeah. too I and- remember my first I think it was, my, was it my first day or my second day there um I had went in to do uh peri care on a patient and or a resident it's I mixed <laughs> culture things but you know <laughs> um, I was doing peri care I you know turned him um repositioned him so he was off of his back and then like half an hour later I go in because like we were getting like breakfast trays back to back with lunch trays because we were the ones serving everything so I go to bring him something and he was dead 
I mm-hmm. like being a, you know, I've never found a dead person. Yeah. Like that. Like it was just, I'm like, I don't think this man is breathing. I'm like, I need to, I need to go get a nurse. And we had like one of their nurses with one of the um, lens or one of the ones that was like redeployed. And so they, but they were all doing meds. So I'm like, I, I, somebody needs to come and look at this person. Like, I don't know. I can't make this call, but like, I think this person is expired. Um, and like that really, I remember going home that night and I asked my mom, cause I lived at home. I'd go home in through the garage, stripped down into the shower. Like I was trying to do everything right. And I remember I went upstairs and I'm like, mom, if I wear my mask, will you hug me? Get emotional thinking like it just it feels like a world ago but like the fact that that's something that I had to ask my own mother but I was so distraught from that um and you know I don't think you bounce but like you learn how to compartmentalize those things but you don't bounce back from you know things like that like it's just it's traumatizing and we weren't given the resources to help ourselves like mentally either like it's it was insane what we went through it feels like a dream like a fever dream and you jump into all of that too, being like brand new. And I don't even think, yeah. I don't, I, I didn't have a lot of experience of death either, but mm-hmm. like we knew that death would happen, you know, like coming into our jobs. Yeah. And I just hate that. A lot all at once. Yeah. But like, it was also like, you watched how some of these people died and you know that they died alone in their rooms, yeah. isolate everybody to their rooms. We all know how that plays out on people, you know, mental stimulation mm-hmm. doesn't go well. No. And then you go home from your shift knowing that you weren't able to care for everybody because it was only you and one other person on mm-hmm. the and you are feeding people back to back because once you finish one meal pretty much the next meal so comes there yeah yeah like you just go home feeling like a bag of garbage because mm-hmm. you couldn't give proper care and that's why you signed yeah. up for, for to be a PSW in the yeah. first place and then you wonder if you caught the freaking disease like you exactly. and then I did <laughs> yeah and you literally did and it's a nightmare and like they left you to the wind and they were basically like but can you work it's like where is our brain like where are we Mm. at here how much more are we going to prioritize you know profit and you know like working people into the ground than we are safety patient care patient-centered care offering people resources as well like like you said like asking your mom if she'll hug you when you have a mask on is just like so sad yeah that still makes me emotional to think about that this just got to that point and you know who knows maybe I grieve for COVID when I gave her that hug like gave my whole family COVID so I feel I carry a lot of guilt as well yeah um around not only like my giving my getting my whole family sick but they encouraged me to go to do because I you know, I've got months between like finishing my course and then going into um the home I kind of contemplated I'm like is it worth uh like going like you know should I go and risk my health risk my family's health and then you know I had the realization like I went to school I went to school for this for a reason like I want to help people so just like a lot of guilt around like going into the home and you know not being able to care for our residents adequately like the bare minimum and if that they got that like I wouldn't even say they got that most days and then coming home and getting my whole family sick like it was one of those things that you kind of carry with you for a long time yeah for sure and like 
that was when it was all really fresh too and it's like Mm -hmm. now like the variant got a little bit weaker for the most part I mean like it's still making people very sick and stuff but at the time we really did not know anything about it and when you pass it to your family members it's like is someone going to die like did I do something like that to my family well my mom got quite sick too so it's it's she still has long haul it's what two and a half years later and she's still her smell and her taste are still weird like she randomly drops her sat like it's bizarre yeah and it's like we put workers in that position though too and we didn't take care of them at all either and then we pat them on the back we called them a hero and it's like (laughs) the wind on purpose not even on purpose but like you knew that you could have stepped up in certain ways and you didn't and then you have people like yourself fresh out of school really willing and ready to help people yeah and basically the worst happens like you've yeah. seen the worst right out of the gate yeah the freaking disease right out of the gate you gave yeah. it to the family like it plays on your brain and that's another thing I don't think people realize how much this no. stuff plays on your brain because you start thinking about you know I know you probably did this too because we didn't have adequate places to change we were mm-hmm. in the parking lot some of them oh yeah yeah or I would yeah. sit in a certain section of my car on a blanket yeah. Drive well, I lived around the corner, so I walked to and from. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, it's better than getting into my vehicle and haven't seen it. And so I walked to and from. It was like a five minute walk. It wasn't far, but like I walked and in, walked into the garage and stripped down in my garage. Like it's crazy. You try to do everything right. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you're thinking about all the things that you're touching while yeah. you're at the place of work too, and you know that people aren't cleaning it properly. Yeah. No staff. And that's yeah. to wear on your brain. It's like a new level of anxiety, you know? But we're heroes. Yeah. And then being like, but you're heroes. But <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Like the whole thing is just so sad in my opinion. And yeah. it brings you apart in more ways than one. And like yes. really isolating to cut. Like I went, I isolated myself in a basement to be away yeah. from me to do this too. And it's like, it's horrible because you just it's lonely it's like a lonely experience yeah. and you just constantly feel like a threat to people and yeah. you know like I had a moment like yours where I recovered from COVID in the second wave mm-hmm. and I was sitting trying to see my parents because I was essentially like recovered right and I hadn't yeah. seen anybody so there's no chance of me having it and passing it yeah we're just sitting in my kitchen and my mom was trying to talk to me and I just like full-blown cried in my kitchen because I was still just so scared that I would give someone something yeah you know what I mean and you're watching people deteriorate all the yeah. time for us too like we watch people just decompose in bed yeah legit like, yeah I could do this to my family I think we've seen we've seen every single like aspect of like what COVID can do to a person like we've seen from the asymptomatic all the way to ICU admissions in their beds vented prone to the whole shebang so like it's it's a really strange and I think rare perspective that people carry Mm -hmm. I think that's another reason that like we were always so cautious around our family and stuff like that too yeah and I don't think we had a lot of mental health like support no no not even we had a little bit of EAP which was great like that doesn't stretch for forever no and you have to find the right person to talk to and 
if you need to be put on any sort of medications because you know we can't sometimes can't do it all on our own so I remember I went on antidepressants I went back on my antidepressants because I was like so I didn't know how to cope yeah yeah because it's heavy it's in so many ways like your employer's letting you down you're constantly worried if you're going to be a threat to people and catch the Mm -hmm. you know you're not caring for people properly and then you just watch them die and you do that on repeat yeah and you have the people who are safe in their offices who could be actually their home offices with their puppies at their feet and their coffee and just (laughs) adding us on the path and calling us heroes but they're locking their office doors being like yeah we're not coming no 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 you're a hero, you're but we're not a Zoom meeting. <laughs> you're Jeremy. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like this whole mistrust in our system. I don't know. Yeah. It's unlocked a whole level of mistrust for me in our yeah. system. Um, and I think it's only it's only progressively gotten worse. Like even as you know, COVID's done, <laughs> as they tried to tell us. Yes. Um, but like it's pro- it's still progressively getting worse, and that mistrust has carried on and. That's why I think our staffing numbers are very quickly declining because nobody nobody trusts our people in power anymore because they just prove and prove time and time again that like they don't have our back, mm-hmm. which is really disheartening. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and seeing all of this too. Yeah, it is a new, like a pretty rare perspective, as you said, like mm-hmm. seeing all of it, like the dumpster fire that was long-term care in COVID, <laughs> like the worst yeah. of the worst, like yeah. I'm talking dirty it floors. Was like battlefield. We literally went to war, I swear. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then on top of that too, the residents that were verbal and could talk to you, mm-hmm. watching them, I remember one time in the second wave and it got me good in the second wave. The second wave really caught me good. <laughs> Like, you were redeployed again, weren't you? In the second, I was would. That the ways? Yeah. But I would do it again, and it was the worst thing. It Hard was the pass. worst. <laughs> I did my time. <laughs> that was it. Let's be going back. Yeah. Um, it was the worst thing, but I had a lady, and I had no food to give her. All I had was this styrofoam container that was lunch or whatever breakfast. I had no other options for her. Yeah. And I handed it to her. And she was like, this isn't what I normally get. And I was like, I, I can't give you anything else. Cause there was no, all I, have. I was pretty <laughs> much like in this hallway with yeah. this, like it was that empty. And she just looked at me and she was like, I hate it here. And she just started crying. And I was oh like, God. like, this, <laughs> oh my God, like this gets me emotional with like, yeah. like, like I hate it here. And I was just like, we have like, that wave got you. I think our first wave kind of hit me hard because I was so fresh mm-hmm. and then the second wave you went out again and just to see that nothing had changed and potentially had even gotten worse I think that's why like you got so affected the second time around because you're like but we we've been here like we should have fixed this and nothing nothing changed nothing changed no. like so, that's I think too like I yeah. okay, gave you a bit of a pass in the first wave which honestly mm-hmm. I shouldn't have anyways <laughs> trying to be nice yeah I'm like it got worse and yeah. nobody seems to care yeah. and then you send your heroes out there to go look at these people in bed who are crying at me telling me that they hate it here and I can't do anything about it for them and I'm like holy crap like we've let so many people down in so many ways and 
I think that was like, I was only there for a few days. The place was so bad. I got COVID like that. Immediately. Yeah. They were also handing out the wrong PPE as well, which I was like, of course we're doing that still. Yes. (laughs) Yes. We've been down this road before. (laughs) Again, how are we, how are long-term care homes not handing out the proper PPE? to yeah. protect their workers how are we not doing that in the second i week? remember when it first when like code first came and like we weren't completely locked down yet one of my girlfriends is in a works in a long-term care home um and she said that their management locked up their ppe like they weren't allowed to wear it yeah. i had to go actually in this home too in the second wave i had to go in a locked room but they gave me the key but i had to go and ask for it and I found boxes of gowns to take out, run out of gowns. And at one point there, we actually ran out of gowns and people were like, we're not working anymore, but they quickly fixed that. But I remember, yes, it was locked behind a door. And when I went in this door, there were management offices in there. And one girl came out and she was like, she was very nice. And she was like, yeah, we're not allowed out there. And I was like, what? Like, what? Tell me you don't value my life, please. <laughs> or any of the residents' lives. Like, yeah. you know, like laughing that, that, at that. I think that laughing front at line, that. you know, we're, we're the frontline workers. No, we're like frontline in the battlefield. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so we're not those are the ones, we're the expendable ones. Yes. Again, yeah. I saw that with the soldiers, and now hearing yeah. this second round, and management is essentially being like, here's your gowns, go. And yeah. then shutting and locking Don't the breathe on me. Yeah. Yes. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, like it's happening again. And yeah. And I remember seeing someone die there too. And that was the one that really got me really bad. And it's winter time. And I don't know if we did this at the first long-term care home we were mm-hmm. at. We cracked windows because there was no proper ventilation, but it was like Jeez. December yeah like so cold and you know elderly people like they're cold all the time yeah they're so frail their skin is so thin like it just can't Mm. keep warm yeah so I'm cracking we're all cracking opening these windows (laughs) want to air some stuff out and this man is dead in his bed and the poor PSW who was actually you know a regular worker at this home Mm -hmm. knew this man and he was giving him like a change and he came out to us me and another regular worker and he was saying to her, and I was just happened to be there. He was like, I just gave so-and-so a change and like, they're not really moving. And he was like, very confused. And then she was very confused. And then we both, like, I went with them. I was like, oh, like, I'll come with you. We'll go look. Yeah. And I looked, and like, you know, people's skin just like. Yeah. Changed. The modeling and the, yeah. He was like, very clearly dead. And I just said that I just, I was the one that sat there and I was like, he's gone. And those two, like, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. I don't know why it was just very emotional. Those two yeah. just felt like not fell, but they just went over top of this man and just started oh, bawling. Awesome. Yeah. And I was just mortified. And then I yeah. looked at the window and, you know, like it's, snowing outside and this room is like cold and I'm just thinking there like these people have paid thousands of dollars to yeah. be beds that were taking care of them and they're just dying by themselves yeah and it's killing the workers too that have been here for forever that we've thrown to the wind and they become family in those kinds of places like their existing staff 
and yeah. their residence like they become you know you're not they're not at your work like you're in their home you know like it's mm-hmm. it's a family dynamic in those kinds of environments so I can only imagine and you see how, that those workers yeah. dropped like they dropped yeah. as soon as they found out that this man had died and I was just like yeah and we've thrown workers like you to the wolves basically because we can't afford bad publicity for these homes unbelievable and then yeah and then I left and I went to go find somebody to be like this man's deceased like please come and look at him and I'm just bawling and I think that's the first time I actually cried at work and like the whole pandemic like I really lost it and I come back and I eventually find someone and one of the, the man that gave this poor man a change while he was deceased and he had no idea he mm. just had like a bucket a regular bucket flipped upside down because again we don't have a lot of stuff in these homes yeah. for some reason too which is like what question yeah. mark he was sitting on this bucket and just rocking back and forth and like wailing like oh I've never heard a grown man wail like that. And I like, I don't think I'll ever be able to forget the sound. And he was just so upset because he didn't know that this man died and he felt so horrible. And he like gave him like, you know, a change. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, these are the people that that'll, that'll, that'll really mess with your head. Like that's a, that's a, yeah, and then you, really you do care on someone, but then you realize that that person had been dead while you were doing that. Okay. That's something that's, I can't even imagine. And these people were just like, dropping like crazy like dying like crazy and you Mm. have people watching this on the regular for their jobs and you know people are not dying well you know a lot Mm. of people that were dehydrated and it's just like they're on facetime yeah they had the opportunity their family's waving at them through the window and i'm just like oh my gosh like what's happening yeah Yeah. and you had it too and then you walk away from all of that bearing like the mental scars and no supports for anybody yeah really there isn't there isn't a lot and then we went yeah there still isn't no talk to EAP you know if you need to talk to somebody but like what you know this should have been in place they should have had things in place for us from the get-go and they didn't. And then now yeah. they're like scratching their heads. Like, why can't we retain staff? <laughs> Where's all our staff retention? Where's everybody going? Nobody wants to work bedside anymore because you've really proven that you don't care about us. Like for you as like a new, you're not a new PSW anymore, but like realistically, yeah. how great was this for you? You know, as someone well, was kept saying it can't get worse. So like jumping into healthcare with both <laughs> You can't get worse. And then it can't get any worse. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah. nervous laughs aside, we're just giggling nervously talking about this stuff. But I know it's like, like, just how I hope. Okay. I know my face is red, but I'm like, this yeah, is I'm not like blotchy. Here. I'm upset actually talking. I'm hot. About it. I'm nervously laughing about it. Hoping yeah. it is the tension. The coping mechanism. Yes. Yeah. And then to go into ICU too, like, yeah. Oh, like, did you have the same thing where, we got did you get a respirator I never got a respirator because I came in after I was about a month or two after you okay um I never got fitted for one um I should have asked but you know I work straight night so I never was there when these things were being offered so I think a lot of the night staff like fell through the cracks because of that so but yeah and it's still you know to this day (laughs) 
Uh, we have more but, access to N95s, excuse me, now, but at one point we were short still. Yeah. First wave in that home you yeah. and I were in, they were hiding yeah. it. Like my, yeah, I had to go to the DOC's office and take one. I'd never been master tested either, so I'm just like guessing. Yeah, and I had the same one. I would take it home and like Lysol it, and like let it dry so I could wear it the next day. That's so, so I'm breathing sweet. in all that Lysol. <laughs> I can't like it feels like a fever dream. I swear. I look back yeah. at it and I'm like, I put so much Lysol on my body, <laughs> so bad, and like, yeah, I wonder my skin was so dry. <laughs> <laughs> oh I just hit my table um <laughs> hiding N95s for each other in these homes because we weren't provided yeah. with them but the yeah. soldiers get them yeah but you don't need them but you're yeah. you're patient facing and they're not but you don't yeah. need them. okay oh but here you can maybe you can have one but you're not fit tested for it because we don't have the supply to fit test you for it so like hopefully it's the right size <laughs> It's crossed. If you're listening, yeah. I crossed my fingers to the camera. But yeah, and I actually I found out I didn't get fit tested, and I didn't realize my other peers did at the time. And this oh. was like, this was a while into the pandemic. And then I was like, I've been wearing the wrong N95 this whole time. But also, like, you just grabbed what you could at the time. Exactly. You your hands on. It's Hunger Games. Yes, it yeah. was. Which yeah. is like, why did we also do that to our workers? We like starved them of the necessities and yeah. they had to make do which with a disease that could literally kill some of them yeah yeah and ICU was very different for you and I I don't yes. know if you walked in there I started I like I felt a bit of a wave of calmness in a way because I, I had not it. felt appreciated yes. um in kind of every aspect until I walked onto that unit mm-hmm and to this day, because I'm still there now, and it's it's one of the same. I it's the com- camaraderie between the staff, the um, management has taken better care of us than on because we both floated too. So like it was just everything was stingy, and it was like you can't use all of these things, and you know it was I that unit was one of those ones. It was a breath of fresh air walking onto the ICU, and you know I feel like I, I felt a part of the team. So it was, it was a, it was eye-opening to see, oh, like, this is, this is how we should be treated. <laughs> you know, the things that we should be using to do our patient care. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> so you're still in a ICU. I know that we worked previously together in an ICU. And yeah. It was great. And yeah. I would love to find work in another ICU again, because it was just so... I, I feel like how you felt in, in the ICU previously. Yeah. I felt really appreciated by my, my coworkers. Cheers, yeah. Things were like handled in there, like in yeah. terms of PPE. And they were like, here's an N95. And I was like, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I can, I can, like, do I have to reuse this tomorrow? And then the next day, like, no, we've got boxes. And, you know, he, oh, are you mask fit tested? Here, go get mask fit tested. Like, make sure you're wearing the right one. Oh, it's been over two years. Go get it it tested again like it was mm-hmm. it, everything was much better organized um working there I felt like relatively safe in a way that I yes. did not feel safe yeah. before. and I started to appreciate a clean workspace which was like very sad for me but I like I was like I don't think I have yeah. to worry about touching this I don't know I think I'm okay yeah. and yeah and like being able to have a respirator which was like my yes. usable N95 and I was yes. like 
I'm going to plate this thing in gold because <laughs> bejewel it. <laughs> at the start of all of this, yeah. I was not getting one. I got a piece of paper. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Yeah. We would wear cloth masks. And yeah. I remember too, we were so short on PPE. I reached out to the public and the public started making us PPE to yeah. use these long-term care homes that are employers or their employers, whoever yeah. at the time were not supplying us with. Yeah. Which also, again, how sad is that, that the public yeah. had to help us out? Again, from the point. Yeah. But anyways, I feel like you and I could probably go on for like an hour, but... <laughs> <laughs> that's like, really could yeah we'll, we'll go for drinks and continue another day <laughs> that. okay that sounds good yes <laughs> but I do really appreciate you coming on here and yes it's nice Always. to have someone happy to, happy to be here happy to have a chat with you and honestly I will come back and have another chat if um you will have me <laughs> no I love it I love having like you're just in my corner and it's nice to have yeah. someone else that's like yeah lived it we did, did the same damn thing <laughs> Mm, yeah, yeah it's really like it's nice to just have yes. that and still to be refreshing yeah yeah so thank you for being on here and for, talking. for having me and if all of you are listening uh and you have any suggestions as normal please drop me a comment or if any of this resonates with you please drop me a comment um please don't use your employer names please <laughs> please don't do don't do that You'll Lord. just get in hot water, and I just don't want that for you, but I want yeah. to hear from you. So please just be mindful when Share you're your stories. We've all been there. It's nice to hear yeah. everyone's been in the same boat thinking. Kind of. Yeah. Like kind of, but also like also a new level of sadness where I'm like, yep, this is the norm now. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. anyways, thank you change. for being on here and I appreciate it. And I'll talk to you all later. Yeah. Okay. Bye guys. <laughs>